From The Conversation, this is Politics with Michelle Grattan, a podcast where Michelle discusses the issues of the day with The Conversation's politics team. Hi, my name's Amanda Dunn. I'm the Politics and Society Editor for The Conversation, and I'm speaking with Michelle Grattan. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Amanda. Michelle, I imagine Parliament House is all abuzz today with the start of the government's job summit. What can we expect from it? We've already had uh, a couple of speeches from uh, the Prime Minister and the Treasurer from the government side, and we've had a presentation on the economic situation from Danielle Wood from the Grattan Institute. So it's all go here, Amanda. Uh, What the government is looking for is, as Jim Chalmers said, not unanimity, but consensus. And the emphasis from the government is very much that this is an occasion to promote cooperation to tackle Australia's uh, economic problems. Going into the summit, we're seeing broad agreement on some areas, but disagreement on others. In terms of agreements, everyone is on the same page, more or less on the need to improve skills and training. And the Prime Minister has announced this morning a uh, deal between the federal and state governments to create another 180,000 TAFE places which would not carry fees. And this will be at a cost to the various governments, federal, state, territory of more than a billion dollars collectively. We're also seeing, I think, a broad agreement on migration that we need more migrants to tackle the acute labour shortages that the economy is facing. We don't have a number yet, but uh, the basic point of uh, an agreement is very important because migration is always contentious and unions have tended to be wary of boosting numbers in, in the past. The big test will be industrial relations. And of course, we've heard a lot in the last few days about the union push for sector bargaining. Business is somewhat divided on this, but Basically, uh, business is suspicious of sector bargaining. It's worried about the right to strike across sectors. It raises the spectre, for example, a strike across childcare workers in many institutions. So that's a, a big test. I think the government does want to go down that path. Already there's some very limited provision for sector bargaining in the industrial relations system, but it wants to widen that. It's sympathetic to the union push, and it is trying to get, I think, as much agreement from this meeting as it can, recognising, though, that there won't be unanimity on that issue. Okay. And Michelle, there's been growing pressure on the government to dispense with the stage three tax cuts that are due in the middle of 2024. Is there any sign that they might be bending on that? No, I don't think there is. After Anthony Albanese's speech at the Press Club on Monday, a speech which marked 100 days of the government in office, there was some feeling that maybe he was leaving himself some wriggle room. But I think that since then, we've had strong statements 
from Jim Chalmers, for example, reaffirming their commitment to the tax cuts. Maybe down the track they'll be wavering, but there's uh, not at the moment. Okay, and last night, a National Cabinet agreed to shorten the COVID isolation period from seven to five days. Now, that's providing that the person is symptom-free, and also there are some exemptions if you work in high-risk settings such as uh, aged care, for example. But it hasn't been warmly met by health professionals, has it? No, it hasn't, and uh, I think this is an interesting decision. There's been strong pressure from business to do this and also from the New South Wales government in particular, but uh, as you say, uh, the health professionals have been more doubtful. The AMA last night was uh, asking for the data that this was based on, this decision. What it shows, I think, in the longer run is that we have progressed Aggressively moved from the health advice being absolutely central to governmental decisions to much more emphasis on the economy and on trying to restore uh, as much normality as possible in the community and to the economy. Uh, the other decision was that mask wearing on flights, domestic flights, won't be compulsory anymore. So we are seeing a liberalisation of restrictions that some people and especially some health professionals believe are still necessary, but other considerations are coming into play. All right. And Michelle, uh, next week, Parliament sits again, and there will no doubt be a lot of focus on the member for Cook on the backbenches. Um Last week, Anthony Albanese announced the Morrison inquiry would be headed by respected former High Court Judge Virginia Bell. Morrison has said he will cooperate, although he catched it in very careful terms. What is that likely to bring when Virginia Bell reports in November? We can't, of course, know the detail, but one would expect that she would reflect the Solicitor General line that in moving into those several portfolios, Scott Morrison didn't do anything illegal, but he did break conventions, especially by not announcing what he was doing. Now, the report will come in late November, and very soon after that, on the present schedule, there'll be a book about Morrison by journalist Nikki Sava, who's been a pretty trenchant critic of the former Prime Minister. So I think that that period will be a, another bad one for Scott Morrison and, of course, by extension, for the present opposition. All right, Michelle, I will let you go and uh, see what's happening at the Jobs Summit and it's been great to talk with you as always. Thanks, Amanda. Good to talk. Our theme music is by Blue Dot Sessions. You can find more podcasts from The Conversation on our website at theconversation.com.